Welcome to Conspiracy Dimensions, everyone. Welcome back after our one-week uh, break that we had. Joining me, as always, is my partners, Be Bevo and Ralph. Tonight, we have a really good topic. It's actually one of the ones that I didn't know too much about. What we're going to be discussing is spyware, and this uh, is mainly going to be revolving around cell phones. So we had a lot of good information on this. Bevo and Ralph picked this particular topic, and it was a big learning experience for me to start off start us off we're going to give ralph the headlines for this week go ahead ralph okay i start with open ai and uh, sam altman got sacked as the ceo uh, we all thought you heard of this yeah yeah he's in um not just him but there was a couple of others that left as well yeah as and uh, you know what i read today on on Verge? who they are in talks with to replace him. Sam Bankman-Fried from jail? No, Sam Altman. Oh. It's funny, yeah. It's uh, uh, investors put pressure on the board that uh, they get him back. Yeah. So as it looks like, uh, maybe next week, Sam Altman will be the new CEO of OpenAI. I thought. I mean, what, what is going on in big tech? I uh, mean, that's all the joke now. I don't know. You, you had this other Sam, like you said, the, the bank man. Now yeah. the old man. So just, I thought the board was who sacked Sam. Yes. And but, now the board is in discussions with Sam Altman again to return as CEO. So that, that to me smells of um, some of the larger investors. Um, said no uh, we want yes. that guy running it he needs to be back and i also i can't remember the names but there was also one or two other blokes that left or said they were going to leave as a result of him getting the sack so maybe it was just too big a hit to take yeah who knows i'm yeah i think it was the chief strategy officer Oh, strategies, mate. They're overrated. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, one of them who uh, is um, who who wants him back. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. I guess. What else? So you... other news. Um, uh, if you are working with robots, don't look like a box. That's that's very important. <laughs> I learned because in in South Korea. A man got killed by industrial robot that in identified him as a box. Damn, that's uh, that's a bit rough, yeah. So he thought he was a box full of parts or something, picked him up and squashed him or something like that. Probably. Yeah, it squeezed him so much that he uh, died from broken uh, ribs and and stuff. Yeah, ouch. I mean, it's it's not gonna, it's probably not the first, and it's not gonna be the last man. I mean. We're, we're making, sure not. Yeah, we're making I wanted that. to say the same. It's not the first blood. I um, I did some research. It happens from time to time. I think it's it's a it's a slow takeover by the machines. They try to make it look like accidents. Mm, crazy. Maya, what else you got there, man? Um, there was a board ape collectors party in Hong Kong called the Ape Fest. Um, you know this NFT shit? Yes, I do. And some of the people who uh, 
were at this party uh, get slightly blind because uh, theory is that at the, the event organizers to save money uh, uh, for the lightning they used uh, UV lights intended for sanitation not for entertainment oh. <laughs> and this caused some damage to the eyes of the people there. Oh, I mean, really? not that people who trade NFTs are not deserve to get blind, but I, I actually didn't read that one. That's a shocker. I mean, that's that's. Um, I know it was Hong Kong, not China, but that's China one hundred and one. Yeah. Um, try to yeah, say, and shit coinery. Yeah. Like everything is a shit coin, even the lights at the party. Yeah, yeah. You got to laugh. Poor. Yeah, not good losing your sight, but yeah. Well, it's always bound to happen, I guess. What else you got there, man? I've got one more, which is really crazy when I read it. Um, scientists could uh, reveal messages from a two-year-old chart manuscript. So this whole manuscript was burned to a block of coal, but with modern um, AI and modern scanning techniques, they could get into the the coal, so to say, where the manuscript is still intact and they could read the pages. Really? So how old was the script again? 2,000 years. Wow. So for me, it's crazy. You can do a great story like uh, open the gates through uh, to hell, like a 5,000 years old uh, manuscript. You find it, you cannot read it. And then, yeah, with... Uh, Modern technology, you can do something like uh, I don't know if you know the movie Evil Dead, like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know that one <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> such a book completely wasted. You cannot uh, get uh, the information out, and now after five thousand years, you can finally read what's inside, and it opens the gates to hell or something. So no doubt the FBI will be setting up a, a whole new task force to and the CIA to investigate how that they can um, gather evidence from doing this testing on, on burnt um, pages, uh, you know, the criminals when they burn all their shit. So, yeah, that'll be coming down the pipe. Look, look forward to us spending another $100 million investigating that. Yeah, for sure for them it's interesting. And that was the news of the last two weeks, I have to say. Yes, we haven't done something last week, and now we can start with the main subject. Yeah, okay, cool. So who who wants to kick us off here, or do we want to talk about Nostaville and, and um, Tokyo? How did, you, how, how did you go in Tokyo, Ralph? Oh, Tokyo was fantastic. Okay. I mean, uh, the, the, the conference was great. Uh, I like uh, Nostra conferences more than Bitcoin conferences. They are more like uh, it's it's more family than uh, and and less commercial. And uh, Tokyo itself is fantastic. Like if you've got the chance to go there, go there. It's um, yeah. No, I would like I would like to live there for a while. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Westerners um, have that opinion when they go to Tokyo and and have been there and say they'd like to stay more. I've been there a couple of times and really thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, it's a bizarre place, but, yeah, it's uh, definitely worth exploring for sure. 
And j- just for those that are listening that probably don't know what we're talking about, there was the um, NOSTA had an event in um, conference in Tokyo. And then a couple of days after that, there was one in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Ralph went to Tokyo and I went to Nashville. And again, I'd not been to Nashville um, until this and it was awesome. Um, great town, um, great party town, lots of nice people. I uh, went to Bitcoin Park there. That's awesome. So, yeah, met some uh, really, really cool people there. Um, generally had a good time. So, yeah, it's uh, for, for those of you listening, contemplating going to a NOSTA event, I, I uh, thoroughly recommend it. Anyway, we're going to talk about um, today, we're moving on, we're going to talk about uh, Pegasus we'll probably start with. Um, and basically that is... A program that you can put um, gets put onto your phone that basically you don't know it's there and it's um, it uh, can take over your microphone your camera can read all your messages your eye messages even private chats like whatsapp and signal because it's actually in your phone um, it gets all that data before it gets encrypted and sent out so no one's safe anymore and pegasus is actually um, from a company or a group called the NSO Group, and it's uh, it's an Israeli technology company, and they sell surveillance um, and cyber intelligence tools, basically. And so I believe that Ralph has got a bit of that stuff um, about Pegasus from the early days. Do you want to tell us about that, Ralph? Yeah, I can uh, talk about the first version of uh, Pegasus. Um, it was a zero-day exploit. Um, oh no! It was uh, in the in the earliest version of Pegasus. It was uh, a lot of social engineering. Uh, people send you uh, a message with a link and try to make you click <coughs> this link. And um, it works very well if you leave a lot of uh, information about yourself uh, on the internet. People can collect this and then uh, they can pretend that they are like a friend of yours or, or whatever to... to uh, um, it's If you click on links, it's all a thing about trust. If you send me a link uh, on Signal, I don't have a problem clicking on this. Even I should not do this. I should not trust any links, uh, even from friends. After I did this research on Pegasus and Predator, uh, it's this is crazy. Like every link can uh, fuck your phone. Yeah, I'll just before you get right into that, Ralph. I just probably preface um, a couple of the words that may not be familiar or people don't understand exactly what they mean, and that's zero day attacks because we'll be probably referencing these um, throughout the show, but you have what you call zero-day attacks and end-day attacks. And what happens is when there's an exploit in an operating system, let's let's pick on Apple, for example. So when there's an exploit, and what that means is when somebody finds a way into the operating system, bypassing all the security and putting some code in there where they can take over your phone, if the company, in this case Apple, doesn't know about that, that's referred to as a zero-day attack, which means there's no patches or anything have been made. And then what you have is N-day attacks. And so then assuming 
um, a surveillance company builds this nasty software, gets it out through the Apple Store or however they do by clicking on a link or whatever and gets into your phone and then Apple discover that and they put a patch out, then not everybody updates their firmware on their phone or their systems. It doesn't, not necessarily phones. It can be, you know, company systems. It can be government systems. Um, they don't necessarily, and we're all guilty of it, updating their security patches, you know, five minutes after it's released. So end day attack is if it's two days, a two-day attack, then that's happened two days after the patch was released. So they're the two different types of attacks that Ralph will probably um, refer to, or he already referred to zero attacks. And then obviously he already referred to the social engineering. Um, that's basically um, they build your profile um, by looking at who you speak to, how you speak, how the other person speaks, and then they they work out what's a good question to ask you and would lead you into the trap and you then click on the link and then you're done. And obviously they can hack into the person's phone. So it might be your mum. She's not very tax savvy. They would see that you talk to your mum. So they would they would garner a question that they would think that you might click on or a link. It might be, you know, Aunt Betty's 50th birthday or something. Who knows? So you click on it and then you're done. So yeah, sorry to cut you off there, Ralph, but I thought we should, for the people that don't quite understand, just explain those couple of things. Oh, it's good. Uh, so going back to the original Pegasus, it was a click exploit. Yeah. And uh, it, it used uh, uh, vulnerability uh, in, in the web kit uh, called CVE 2016, which explains how, how far back this, this goes. So you, you, it, it was mainly they send you a, a link, you click on the link, and uh, then you connect to a web server, which then uh, uh, sends you the, the uh, spyware to, to your uh, phone. And uh, then in the next stage, the spyware is looking for your kernel and uh, practically jailbreaks your phone so to say, and uh, after it uh, manipulated the kernel, uh, the phone was not your phone anymore and everything you did on the phone was sent to uh, servers of, of, to Pegasus servers even before you sent the message. Yeah, I actually seen some footage on one of the um, things mm -hmm. that I was researching of what a, what a screenshot or it's actually some video of what the other person sees. And it's basic, so if you can imagine your monitor, on one half it would be, or one third would be the camera, so you can see what's going on. And then all your apps are loaded down the bottom. So if, for example, if you had WhatsApp, Facebook, um, you know, uh, iMessage or whatever, how you have your, your icons, you can click on any one of those icons and it f populates another part of the screen. So you, in real time, you can see what that person is typing, um, what, what that uh, person is receiving, and you can also interject and send messages from and to that phone. And the yeah, this and, is, and, and this the, is the, the huge advantage then if, yeah. if you hacked one phone, you can use the contact list to exploit all the other phones oh, of its, his friends. It's insanity, eh? But it was just yeah. so, that this uh, this footage that I watched, it was just, uh, 
Oh, it was scary, eh? And, and you, the user, has no idea. Zero. There's no way for you to know. Um, I, I, will, I can elaborate a little bit uh, later on in the show um, how they do tell um, if you've got or had Pegasus on your phone, but we can talk about that a bit later. Um, but, yeah, carry on, Ralph. Yeah, and then um, the, the real when, when Pegasus reached perfection uh, was when, when they had the zero-click exploit. Uh, where they use uh, iMessages, the service to send you uh, um, to send you a, a GIF, um, and use a, a function called JBig2 Stream, uh, which which the picture they send you crashed uh, 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 this this uh, function, and then when it restarted, uh, it uh, installed the malware. Easy as this, you did not have to click anything. It's just you received the message and it was over. Yeah, done. So you, you, you basically the way I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong or this is how you understand it, Ralph. So you can receive an iMessage from anybody. So they just have to make themselves uh, contact or infiltrate somebody else's phone like your mum's and send you a message from them with the um with the program in it, and just as soon as it's delivered to your phone, it it um, infects your phone. It's as yes. si- simple as that. Yeah. There was no chance to protect yourself. Zero. Mm. Yeah. And it was interesting because we started out with um, one click, which was when you had to click on a link. Yeah, we all sort of grew with the internet, you know, don't click on a link. I mean, we've been hearing that for 30 years. Don't click on a link, don't click on a link, don't click on And we're still hearing it today. Um, and then they migrated from that to um, what they call FEM2 cells. So what a FEM2 cell is, so in how a phone normally works is you've got, let's call it AT&T here in America, they send out the signal to a cell tower and then the cell tower um, through microwave sends that, that signal to your phone and you pick it up and you answer it and you go back and forward. Well, what FEM2 is, is it's actually your phone call over um, through a network. So AT&T themselves will, um, with their servers, etc., send it out, send that thing out to the, that signal out to the internet so that you can receive it back on your phone via the internet. And so what these dudes were doing was setting, is, is capturing that network traffic um, and infecting your data with the with the um, with the virus or whatever it was, and then it lobs on your phone. And then the next migration from that was the Stingray Towers, yeah? And so what that is is, from what I understand, you basically, it's like a repeater um, station, if you can imagine that. So originally this sort of stuff, and I, I do believe you can still buy it, but if you live on the fringe of um, radio wave um, reception, like your cell reception, you can you can get like a stingray inside your, your, your business or your house that will take that signal and boost it. So, or it's basically relaying it. So then it will, and it's, you know, it boosts it's, it's, it and, and then relays the other way it. around. Um, uh, the stingray is only used by government. It's forbidden uh, to to use it as a, 
Yes, person. The, but the femtocell uh, systems, they you can use them everywhere. Like if you're in a rural uh, area, like you said, you just need a landline uh, internet. There you plug in your uh, femtocell, and uh, then uh, you've got connection for your phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So sorry. Yeah, the stingray. That was supposedly just for government and what have you. And what they do is they um, they fill a little van, um, Acme cleaning van probably, um, full of all their electronics gear, and they can park that anywhere, intercept the signal, um, pass. Because your phone is inherently it will connect to the closest um, tower, and that van essentially becomes the tower, so that they they will um, grab the signal and then do whatever they're going to do with it, rebroadcast that to your phone, and then you're done. And that's how, from what I understand, the governments and everything are collecting all their data on people, yeah? If Yeah, and if we go to Intellexa, the, the company which uh, sells uh, Predator, which is similar to Pegasus, a little bit newer, they even sell you such vans or uh, drones even... Uh, which uh, simulate a cell tower to connect to phones. Dude, dude, that's a step up in technology, isn't it? We've gone from the old Acme cleaning van. Now they're just bundling this tech into a into a um, a little drone, and they can hover it anywhere. Man, it could be sitting outside your window on the thirtieth floor if you're in an apartment building. Yeah, that's crazy. Exactly. Absolutely crazy. And I don't know how we as um, you know. Citizens can protect ourselves from that. If if the snoops want to sit down the corner block and get everybody on that block and and gather all their data, there's probably not a whole lot we can do about it except don't use our phones. I guess. I mean, Apple has this. I don't know lockdown mode. Um, the best thing is uh, using uh, uh, alternative operating systems like Graphene. It's the most secure thing out there but yeah it's really if you've got the phone that's that's the problem about that's why i said like normally you should not click on any links or nothing because uh, 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 your phone is the the best surveillance surveillance tool uh, around yeah it's um my everything's listening to us um just something that happened to me the other day uh, you know, Seth, he's been working on Nostadoc cooking. Um, this is a little bit off topic, but uh, I was talking to him when he was first launching that and I was testing it out for him and um, was, you know, saying we, a few things wrong here, this is not working, that's not working, you know, it's like fresh off the press and I was doing a few few tests and what have you. And, you know, I was actually physically talking to him on the phone as well and we were discussing things and, and the word cooking obviously came up a lot. And uh, I've never had a cooking email in my life. And a couple of days after the few days I spent with Seth talking about that, I got a barrage of cooking emails in my inbox and I'm still getting them. So tell me, how? Who, who, who's listening Why to me? Why does that not surprise me at all? What's listening to me, man? Is it my computer, my phone, my TV, my fridge? What is it? I mean, you just It's, it's everything. Dude, you just don't know what, like, it's just, it's fucked is what it is. It's absolutely bullshit. But anyway, I digress. Sorry, Ralph, I, I, I 
Oh, I let no, no, it's okay. I mean, uh, to prevent this, I don't know. In the past, you had uh, Cerebro or something uh, was called, uh, which simply uh, uh, collected all the web traffic around and then did an analysis of the data and uh, filtered then certain for, for keywords or whatever. Uh, and and uh, since everyone is using HTTPS uh, and, and a lot of the web traffic in general is encrypted, uh, those uh, uh, programs have no chance to, to collect anything anymore because they only collect rubbish, yep. which you cannot analyze. Yeah. But so in future, but this uh, Apple, Google, they have they 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 are uh, billion dollar uh, companies. They have the resources to find ways to prevent this from happening. Yeah, but it is a game of whack a mole, isn't it? I mean, as soon as the tech companies come up with something, then the bad guys are going to be one. It's just going to be a you know a continual. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a race. It's uh, yeah. it will be always a race. But it, it, it appears, it feels like to me that the tech companies got to a certain point and it's like, well, you know, it's no benefit for us anymore to pour all this money into trying to defend against this shit because we can't get in front. And it's of no consequence to us what our customers' data is being leaked or spied on. You know, they should be good people and shouldn't worry. So they, they've sort of, to me, they just put their head in the sand. That's what I see. Um, but in long term, for sure, because if I've got the phone which is secure, uh, I'm going to go for this phone. And then I don't go for Apple or Google or whatever. Then I go for the most secure phone on, on the market. So if, if Apple wants me to uh, use an iPhone in five years or in 10 years still in, in, in uh, the future, uh, then they have to give me something which is secure. Yeah, my concern there, Ralph, is that the people that are, are concerned about their sovereignty and their privacy um, is a small minority and dwindling, I would say. every Most people I speak to, they don't give a shit. They just don't get it. They don't understand what's happening. Um, that's my concern. And I, and I think, you know, the security um, and privacy conscious people... We sit outside the bell curve, and so the big tech companies, you know, look at the numbers, and they're only concentrating in in the bell curve. Just my just my thoughts. I could be wrong, um, but it's just it. You know, it's bean counters, mate. It's like resources. What's my return? Bell curve. Operate inside that. Don't care that we're giving all your secrets. We can do a couple of patches here and there, make it look like we're doing something. But you know, are they really throwing all the resources they could at it? I doubt it. That's just my personal view. But, but it's because we, we live in countries where you don't feel it this much. Yeah. Like we don't live in Morocco or Saudi Arabia or Azerbaijan. Uh, but if you then look which European countries, for example, use Pegasus, which is Poland, Hungary, Spain, uh, Greece, uh this is greece uh, it's it's the it, it, it where the where modern democracy was uh, invented or where, where democracy was invented and this is one of the worst countries in europe when it comes to uh, um, hacking journalists and opposition party uh, members and so on yeah 
Well, so we've I've I've probably been the the culprit. Here. I've let us off track again. Um, we probably actually should get back to talking about Pegasus. Were you? Where are you at with that, Ralph? Where did we get to in that timeline of Pegasus? I'll try and get us back on track here. Oh, it's. Um, I went. I went through with the the, the most modern version was the zero click exploit. Okay. So which, uh, yeah, which sent you the the gift. I can tell you that. Uh, um, uh, there's uh, there's an Android uh, clone of it, um, because uh, uh, Pegasus was mainly done for iOS because a lot of human rights activists think or thought that Apple is more secure. So uh, uh, this NOS, this company, uh, uh, was uh, focused on uh, getting into Apple products, and were not interested in Android. But uh, now um, there's an Android vo- version as well for a couple of years. Um, Is that called Hermit? It, it's called, I think, uh, Chrysor. Okay. Because you've got, there's a couple of other, uh, and uh, they're clones, I think. It's, uh, you've got Pegasus, and then there's, is it Predator and Hermit? Yeah, Predator. Yeah, Predator and Herman. And Predator is uh, of of those three the most uh, sophisticated. Uh, Predator is insane. Um, <laughs> it's all they, insane. They, I mean, this company which uh, sells Predator has something like a software suite where they sell you uh, all kind of products. And they've got uh, I've got the price list here somewhere. They've got uh, a price proposal. Uh, which is uh, the software. I mean, the, the, the whole thing is like a toolbox. It's not one software you use and it does everything. It's it's a box out of uh, different things. And the, the, the hottest shit on the market is Nova, which is a remote one-click browser-based capability to inject Android and iOS payload to mobile devices through link delivery. This is uh, works very good, and they've got the magazine of hundred successful infection methods for iOS and Android. Damn, that's that's quite a lot. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm not really familiar with um, Predator. Is that that's a different company to the NSO Group, or is it part of the NSO yes, Group? Yes, it, it, it is uh, sold by Intellexa, Intellexa. and uh, it. The company which uh, uh, which coded it uh, is called Cytrox, and they sit in let me see North Macedonia. Okay, it's it's a very famous coding hub, I think. Because <laughs> I think the in it, um, that was also where Pegasus was in and out of a few times, I believe. In, in that yes, same and, region. And, uh, if, if you compare those two, uh, I would go for uh, um, Intellexa uh, products because the whole Intellexa uh, package to hack phones is 8 uh, million euros. And okay. you get unlimited licenses, so you can use it on unlimited phones. While uh, Pegasus wants uh, $25,000 per, uh, uh, per phone. Yeah, it's per infection, basically, isn't it? Isn't it's that, what? Is, it's per, with Pegasus, is it's per infection 
basically you, you pay twenty five grand um, if I want to infect uh, Joe Blocks one phone, phone per phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to infect thousand phones, you pay like twenty five million dollars. Uh, yeah, it's insanity. Um, so we'll just talk about this NSO group. The NSO group that was founded in twenty ten or thereabouts, I believe, and they've got a whole um, company based around developing surveillance and cyber intelligence tools, yeah? And it's an Israeli company. And these guys, apparently how it goes with Pegasus is, I can't speak for the other, um, for the Predator or what have you, but with Pegasus, and I've seen interviews with um, a couple of different CEOs, actually, um, because they went through CEOs there at one point at a fairly high clip because they were under the heat um, globally. But they're supposed to vet the companies that they're selling the tech or the countries that they're selling the technology to to make sure that they're not going to use it for nefarious means. Yeah? So it's, uh, you know... That alone, I mean, so you go to a country and you say, well, here's our rules, you're not allowed to use it for, for X, Y, Z. And they go, yeah, no worries, we won't do that. And then the country gets it and then they do whatever they want with it. Having said that, I do understand that the more modern versions of Pegasus, they can monitor it and have the ability to shut it down. So say I went to the NSA group and I bought... Um, three phones, 75Gs, paid me paid me moolah and I got my three infections and then I started doing bad stuff with it. Um, they can actually stop it on those phones. and But that also works um, against us, the users, because if we do come up with a way to detect it, as soon as you try and detect it, the, the part of their software is... If you try and detect it or that the, the program believes that it's trying to be found, if it's there, it deletes itself. Yeah, um, you can remote delete it if, even if you just think that, oh, he might uh, figure out that his phone, there's something wrong with his phone, you can remote delete it and no one will ever figure out that Pegasus was on your phone. Mm. And so, hey, you know what, guys? How did we? Because uh, I saw those documentaries that you sent Bevo to get some basic background. How did we find out about this Pegasus software to begin with? They, I was as I was watching them, they had a couple of thousand numbers that they were tracing, <clears throat> that they were able to look at and say these are the numbers that this software is actually uh, targeting. And how did we find that out to begin with? Uh, it was in 2016, uh, Citizen Lab uh, uh, published uh, the first paper about it after uh, they captured the spyware in a failed attempt to spy on the iPhone of a human rights activist. I think it was one in Bahrain, but I'm not sure. Yeah. You, you mentioned that list there, new one. I think that was a... Um a group out of France that was doing um, a big, like, uh, what do you call it, investigative journalism on, on all of this, and they got hold of a list. They didn't divulge, um, obviously, the sources of a list, etc. but they had something like 50,000 numbers that had been infected with 
um, uh, Pegasus. So they actually had a list of 50,000 phone numbers that had been infected. And they started working through those numbers pretty much by country. And they picked some high profile things that were hap- that were happening as part of their research. And then also what this group did is they got a bloke called um, Claudio Garnier and he was the head of the Amnesty International Security Lab. And what he was able to do was um, create a program and methodology um, that he could get a user's phone and analyse that phone. And from that analysis, he could work out um, if it had been infected and if it was still infected and also what kind of data was leached from the phone. So what this group did was they got the phone numbers, they got Claudio's on, on, on the team as well, and they started going through these phone numbers. And then there was a... Oh, I've forgotten his name. Um, Khashoggi. Remember Khashoggi? Ralph the reporter, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've yes, talked about he him. He was working for the Washington Post. Jamal Khashoggi, that was his name, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um. And he was killed in 2018 in the Saudi uh, consulate in Istanbul, I believe. We talked about this guy before, yeah, Ralph? Yes. Uh, When we talked about dictatorships and and Saudi Arabia uh, specifically about them. uh, He wanted to marry and he needed a document to marry. So he went to the embassy or consulate uh, in, in Istanbul and he never came out of it. So well, he did. They killed him inside and then uh, chopped him in pieces and yeah. uh, packed him in suitcases and tried to uh, escape Turkey with the suitcases so the cops will never be. But they found they 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 stopped them at the airport. Those agents, those yeah, spies that, from Saudi Arabia. Those agents they flew in to Saudi into that airport yes. with all their all their implements and whatever that they're going to use to kill him and hack him up. And then um, and his fiancé, he was a bit of a strange dude, Jamal, because he actually was married as well, but he also had a fiancé. So I don't know what was going on there. That was a little bit hard to um, to get my head around. But um, he went into the consulate and never came out. He always did come out in a, in a couple of suitcases. But anyway, what this group did was um, they got hold of – uh, this lady named Hatice, which was Khashoggi's fiance, and they got her phone, and they could see that her phone had been um, infected with Pegasus because he's she's obviously been known to be with Khashoggi, but also this Hatice, um, her friends, and also consequently associates with Khashoggi. Um, <coughs> excuse me, was found to have Pegasus on their phones. And what they did was the CEO of um, uh, Pegasus or the NSO group, he's actually uh, on TV saying categorically that they had no involvement and that Pegasus is what was not involved in the death, death of Jamal Khashoggi. And yet, these guys, uh, they didn't get Jamal's phone, but it was on his wife's phone, it was on his fiance's phone, it was on his friend's phones. So one would have to say that it was on Jamal's phone as well. All the evidence sort of points to that. 
Um, and, yeah, given that he was a dissident, you know, to that region, um, they decided it was better that he goes because he was writing for the Washington Post, I think, Ralph. Is that what you said? Washington Post? Yes. Yeah. So he was speaking out on there, and then when he went back to Saudi, they cut his head off. So You know, actually, I saw that when I was looking at some of the information here was that this software got packaged and sold as uh, anti-terrorism. Yeah. And they said, this will help you, you know, this will help a country stay ahead of terrorist activity. But in reality, what every country was doing with it was going against people who were anti-establishment. They were going after people who were reporting on them, basically uh, freedom uh, journalism. And that seemed like their real target. It didn't seem like anybody was going after what we would consider a terrorist. They were just going after people who spoke out. Yeah, that just... if it would work against terrorists, we would not have seen the Hamas attack like five weeks ago in Israel. Uh, uh, they, the uh, software could not prevent anything. I, mate, I was going to sort of talk about that at the end, but we might as well now while we're halfway through this. So just tell me, because I'm curious, Ralph, you've got the Israelis that are renowned for their intelligence um, community superiority, if you like. They've developed uh, this whole industry and Pegasus. Um, their military is supposed to be top-notch, et cetera, et cetera. And yet you're telling me that with all that, that they didn't know anything about what was going to happen with Hamas? That's easy because uh, Hamas knew uh, after... Uh, um uh, all the articles in, in the press came about Pegasus that for sure their phones got hacked as well. So they, they uh, uh, threw all the modern con communication systems into the trash and they used uh, old classic phones uh, which have been connected by cable or even wrote messages and sent people from A to B to give this message. They knew they cannot uh, use any of the modern communication uh, devices we uh, got. So Israel was blind because yeah. they thought, I mean, when it comes to modern communication uh, methods, Israel knows everything. Yeah, but so if you use uh, a guy who brings the message, uh, like a letter from A to B, you have to kill him, stop him on the way or something. And this is difficult with the tunnel systems they've got in Gaza. Yeah. And I guess it's only a small um, slither of land. What is it? It's only 20 mile long and whatever. It's not a big area. It's um, it's not that, that huge, yes. Yeah. So they're probably, so what you're saying is they use carrier pigeons. Uh, tin can. Exactly, very traditional ways of communication. Tin cans and there you need the real spice. There you need the human resources who infiltrate such an organization. And this is not so easy if you you, you have to get uh, uh, people from Hamas. You have to turn them uh, around and then work for you. And, and this is difficult, I think. Yeah. So just a couple of others when I was researching that, um, because we digressed again, but the, um, the the group out of France that was doing this investigation, um, they actually spoke to Jamal's 
wife. Not, so not to be confused with his fiance because he had one of each. Um, and she was, and her name was Hanan, and she was detained in the UAE airport. Um, and they took her phone and her laptop from her, like put her in a little room, said, give us your stuff. And then when they caught up, so and that they took that away and then they gave it back to her. And then this team, they got hold of this Hanan and they uh, got her phone and the phone was infected with Pegasus. And the guy, the, the guys, this guy that um, developed that technology, um, what was his name? Uh, I forgot now. I just said him before. Um, anyway, uh, that's right, Claudio Gagnier. This guy, he's pretty funny. Um, he said, and he could prove through looking at the code that the infection was put onto his wife's phone and it was done manually through a browser because there was even typos when they were typing the, the web link in. So I, I thought that was quite quite amusing. But yeah, they you know, that that's how brazen they are. They'll just take your phone and whatever and then take it away to the little room, put on the spyware. And I did did see something here um on Nostra the other day, people were talking about that in Australia that um, someone said that they'd had their phone taken from them um, at the airport by customs or immigration, whoever, um, and they took their phone away because they wanted to check their messages and whatever. So at this point, what what does one do? If if someone is going to take your phone, et cetera, and they say unlock it, do you, do you actually unlock it? And give it to them, or do you got to take the pain and go to jail and get a lawyer and do all that and try and work out what's going on? I'd, I'd either that or you give it to them, and then you, as soon as you get it back, you throw it in a bucket of water and you start from scratch again, or you travel with a phone that's. I've, a got, burner. I've got the friend, a journalist, and he wanted to travel to Israel, and uh, at the immigration control, they uh, wanted to check his laptop. And he refused, and then they did not let him into the country. Okay, so you get turned around. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what, what would happen to me, Ralph, if I was t- returning to Australia and they said, I want to look at your laptop and your phone? I said, no, because I don't know what the law is. They can't say... I mean, you are an Australian citizen. They have to let you into the country. So they're going to go, no, well, they're probably going to produce a law that they've got that I don't know about at this point, but I'm going to research it. Um, I mean, what I read is that Apple, and I think other companies then do it as well, Apple is working uh, on a way that the problem in Apple Store is if I buy a, a mobile phone there, it's most likely not on the actual uh, version, the, the iOS. So they are working on a way that uh, uh, when you buy an Apple phone without uh, unboxing it, they can put it on on a, um, whatever device and update it without switching the phone on. Oh. So if this is uh, possible, then at every flight, uh, at every airport, when you put your phone uh, through the uh, security check, uh, even if it's switched off, they can use this and manipulate your phone. Take all your data. So I guess it's only a matter of time before, you know, we're all walking down the street in the city and, you know, we're all just indiscriminately walking past, um, you, you know, uh, I don't know, a pole that you think's a, a telephone, you know, 
communication yes, hub, and it's you actually put a scanner. Something on your phone. Yeah, and they can they can take all that shit. It's and almost. You know, Bevo, as you said, even if you did let them check the phone or take the phone, and then you just decided, like you said, throw it in a bucket of water. If you decided to get rid of the phone, it would already be too late because they would have the information of all the contacts, and they can infect those phones. So they wouldn't even need your phone anymore. They have your entire contact list. And anybody that after that decided to contact you or each other <clears throat> would still have enough information to figure out where you are. I hate it when they're smarter people than me, new one. I didn't think of that. Why did you why did you have to say that? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to step stay one step ahead. <laughs> hey, you know what killed me when we were doing that uh research too, and you had brought it up earlier in the show. Was uh, they said, oh yeah, they can find your contacts and this app and that's app, and they even use Signal. And for people who are listeners who are unfamiliar with things like Signal and SimpleX, those are encrypted messaging devices that people use that we use because it's supposed to be a completely encrypted messaging service. But in this case, it doesn't matter because they have the uh, the ability to. Uh, use everything in the phone. So it's not like they're trying to break the encryption on the app anymore. They're actually just seeing what the phone is seeing. So it renders all of those apps useless, no matter what they are. Yeah. I mean, I said at the start, then you won exactly that. Like I seen a um, video of a, of a, a computer screen that had the the visual of what the person using Pegasus sees. And it was exactly that. It was just like your own it was just like a desktop, top, your own desktop computer. Like at the moment, I've got a few windows open. You know, one's Nostra Nest and another one's this and that. You're looking at the same thing. So yeah, it's um, it it doesn't. If you're infected, it doesn't matter what app you're using. It does not matter at all. So um, they've got you 100 percent, assholes. Um, yeah, then it's game over. And uh, Mexico, we talked about. Oh, There's dude. a special case that uh, in Mexico, uh, the the drug cartels got hold of an early version of Pegasus and use it now against journalists and uh, politicians who who are fighting them and so on. Yeah, and that's another thing that the the company, uh, the group, the NSO group, denied. You know that they're not selling it to the bad people. Well, it's like, hang on, mate. If you reckon you've got control of it and you're not selling it to anybody, why has the Mexican drug cartel got it? Because the <laughs> government is corrupt. Oh, dude. And so the, there the, was a bridge from the government to the cartels. So the cartels, one step ahead of everything. Both, you know, yeah. In in Mexico, they even uh, uh, hacked the phone of the president. Yeah. So why should the government, uh, which buys the software, use it against their own president? I mean, maybe, yes, but uh, it's more likely that the cartels were using it against the president. You know, I mentioned that that this group, they got a list of 50,000 phone numbers. Well, 15,000 of those were Mexican numbers. Uh, Mexico was one of the first customers, apparently, of the NSO group. You know, guys, I could actually go a little bit deeper on where that might have come from also. But uh, I don't know if you guys remember Operation Fast and Furious. That was a few years back where we had ATF, which is Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms Agency in the United States. A couple of their officers came out 
publicly and said, look, uh, the ATF has been confiscating firearms from U.S. citizens and shipping them down to Mexican drug cartels that they want to work for them. And this was a whole big story. So there's got to be some collusion there between these agencies and those drug cartels in order for that to happen. And maybe that's why they were getting these early versions of Pegasus to try to help them stay ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, these guys, the, the Israeli company that are selling this, and now we have other clones or iterations, which is what scares me. I mean, they're supposedly, the, the NSO is supposedly doing its diligence on its customers. And if the t- customer turns rogue, they can they can forfeit the the Pegasus thing. But these clones, mate, like as, as you know, the technology proliferates, I guess, we're just going to have bad actors all over the place spinning up these clients and, and selling them. It's, yeah. I, to me, it's getting to the point where you just... Like we're all, we're all screwed. Banned. You can't have a you can't have a fucking telephone or a computer or a TV or a fridge. Like yeah, ridiculous. This kind of commercial spyware should be banned. Easy as this. This is the only way uh, to stop it. Yeah, you know, Ralph. I actually saw that when I went down because it was infected and it was um, alleged that the U.S. actually. Uh, yeah, it was Stuxnet. Uh, do you remember this, Ralph? 2010, yes. that was, yeah. And and it was an air-gapped facility. So there we are again. With the, They had to use social engineering, find an idiot which they could somehow manipulate in uh, putting a USB stick in, into the system or whatever he, he did or she. Um, yeah, this was the Stuxnet attack. Yeah, and... and, uh, and oh, sorry, Ralph. No, no, they, they, they manipulated the, the uh, centrifuges. How is the, the English word for it? I don't know. The, yeah, centrifuge, that's right. Yeah. Uh, which rota- so they rotated a little bit too fast. So um, the, 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 the whole system broke. Yeah. I think from my research, that, that sucks now. That's pretty much where it all started. Yeah, this cyber warfare, where that's where it really kicked off. That was our number one. I mean, and that's about when the NSO sort of got up and going around that time. So from there, it's just, and what are we now? 20, well, let's call it 2024. So in 14 years, look how far we've come and, and what they can achieve. So stack on another five or 10 years from this point, mate. It's going to, we're going to have to do, well, somebody's going to have to do something and a lot of it to, to try and stop this stop this um, stuff proliferating because it has the ability to really screw up our day, eh? Really bad. Privacy has to become a human right. Yeah. I 150% agree, man, but I, as again, it's a, a particular catchphrase of mine I think that I use, but I think the ice cream's in the oven, man. I I can't see us getting that back, eh? It's gone too far. Yeah, but I mean, I, I uh, checked the, Pega, the the countries which use Pegasus. At the moment, thirty six countries. Yeah, well, that's quite a lot, and it's not only like Azerbaijan, Bahrain, and and such 
countries, Egypt. No, we've got Finland, we've got France, Germany, Hungary. It's all EU. It's all uh, uh, um, countries uh, uh, which say, oh, we are um, friendly uh, a democracy like Netherlands, Poland, uh, um, Spain. Th this is. Uh, yes. This is all countries which use Pegasus. Yeah, but on the on the other hand, like I look at this, you know, when the West goes to war, we we fight by a rule book, you know, by what the UN says we can and can't do. The other side invariably does not, and it makes our job extremely extremely difficult. So the West or democratic countries could sign up to a pact to say that we're not going to use this commercial surveillance type stuff going forward um, but all those countries that aren't part of that pact are going to use it so we've got no choice but to use it in a good way to try and help defend ourselves in that regard but then that's just open to corruption and it gets leaked out and then we're all screwed so I don't what's the answer there Ralph I mean you, you, you're screwed if you do and you're screwed if you don't the thing is that uh, it's all just on paper if you look at the wars of the United States after World War II uh, they did not go for a Geneva Convention in Vietnam, in the Iraq War. They were never on uh, um, uh, um, using this. If there's a war, uh, it's a war. Like uh, <laughs> those rules are nice that they are written down and, and it gives a kind of, of, of a limitation what you can do. But the truth is, no one, no one uh, 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 obeys those laws. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right there because I mean, all it's what it is good for is if those people survive, it gives us a mechanism to get that person and hang them. I guess for the atrocities that they did, um, that they did do. But yeah, it's. Uh, I'm a soccer fan, and uh, in professional soccer, foul is one uh, way to stop uh, uh, another Prof player. Yeah, professional it, free kick, yeah. It, it, it gets, of course, uh, the referee will uh, um, uh, punish it, but this does not prevent players from uh, using foul as one of their tools they've got. Yeah. And, and this is everywhere like this. Yeah. Do you, do you, Ralph? Do you have any more information? I mean, we've talked pri primarily about um, Pegasus, and we did mention um, that other one. Do you have any more that you've got any other information on before we wrap up? I I posted the link uh, about uh, Predator on our um, uh, Nostal account, so there there's a lot of information about. Uh, um, but it's very similar. It's just a more modern version. That's the most shocking thing that after Pegasus uh, uh, got so much attention all over the media, that there are still companies who do the same shit and just don't care about oh, uh, uh, the, the the image of uh, the company which did Pegasus. Well, it's it's not so great if if uh, you got uh, exposed. They did not care. They simply did the same shit. Yeah, it's. Um, I put that down to it's desensitization. The world becomes 
you know, when something gets in the media over and over and over and over again, people become desensitised to it and it doesn't make the, the real for the, the latest, um, you know, uh, news cycle, you know, the 12-hour or 24-hour news cycle. It just gets washed away and people forget and they move on because it's not bright and shiny anymore and no one gives a shit. Um, I guess that's why. I mean, politicians do it all the time, yeah? I just yeah, and this, this company which uh, sells uh, or uh, probably they don't sell uh, Predator an- anymore because uh, um, they they got now uh, exposed by media, but uh, they just uh, rebranded. Now it's Nova. Same company, just a different name. Yeah, it's the uh, as as Predator now uh, is is known, and no one wants to buy it anymore because it has such a bad image. They just sell you now the solution called Nova, which is practically the same. Supernova. Yeah. <laughs> the implosion of everything. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Eh? I I sort of we've been rabbiting on here for over an hour, so we probably should think about wrapping this up. I mean, it's been interesting to to read and and, and um, learn some of this stuff, so it was a, it's a good topic. And it's something that I think people in general need to be mindful of and start thinking about, you know, the devices they choose to use, when they choose to use them, and the conversations that they want to have when they're around devices. You know, get, do the old get smart, man. Go and sit in the cone of silence. It's, you know, he was right all those years ago. So, yeah, that's my opinion. What about you, Ralph? Yeah, don't be lazy. Yeah, that's true. Go the extra mile to protect your shit. And uh, be aware of what you've got on your phone. Yeah. Like, not everything has to be stored on your phone. Yeah. I mean... Man, I would love to. I can see the day coming where I'm going to have to have two, two phones, um, <clears throat> just just for peace of mind, eh? Like, I I already got two because uh, uh, all the Bitcoin stuff uh, um, I do with the phone number. No one knows. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, they do now. You just told us. Yeah, but you don't know the phone number, so yeah. you have I just, to come I just, here and drill a hole into my knee, and then maybe you yeah. can talk. I just installed Pegasus on it, man. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, I don't do any of that shit on a telephone, man. Not a fucking prayer. Um, what about you, new one? What you got any comments before we wrap up? No, I just wanted to close out with the thing that got me is that you had said that that Pegasus. Uh, program had something like 50,000 numbers on it and those were just the people that they were going for at that time and they were you know pretty high priority targets but it's only a matter of time before the stuff gets really really bad and the average person is just sitting in their living room you know not doing much and they've got it on their phone also and every little thing that they do is going to start getting recorded and scrutinized by somebody man i honestly i mean we could- we could keep going on. I agree, man. I hate to be the cynical old man in the room again, but it's clear as day that whilst I'm still on this planet, that they will, it will be law that you will have said program on your phone mandated by your government. That is it. You will not be able to have a phone 
unless they have a back door to see everything you're doing. Because they've got that now, and we're trying to work out ways of taking it away. So they're just going to go, well, no, now that's it. Lord's hard-coded. That's it. Apple, we're Google. already We're already seeing this happen now with CBDCs and digital IDs. We're already on this road. Yeah. No, it's uh, ice creams in the yeah, oven. You, you can Google Eternal Blue. Uh, the U.S. government used the zero-day exploit already to spy on their own people. What didn't, was that called, Ralph? Uh, Eternal Blue. Didn't the NSA get... I, I, I wasn't up with this story because I wasn't here at the time, but didn't the, the NSA gotten heaps of shit here? They got busted listening to everybody's shit, yeah? Yeah, I mean, this... Uh, um, Edward Snowden... Uh, um, published this or made this uh, yeah public. i mean that was his main reason but aside from what snowden did but it was just they just got nailed left right and center yeah yeah this eternal blue uh, uh when it came out was a huge scandal as well yeah they used the uh, smb this uh, server message block protocol to exploit linux and windows machines yeah. Fucking Windows, man, that's a shit coin. But um yeah. yeah. Um Yeah, so are we really worried about anything? Because we've got it it's all happened, it's all here now and we don't know about it. I mean, here we are talking about Pegasus and one day we might have it, but have we already got it? That's the question. I guess. I mean we can only talk about what we know. We're safe here, aren't we, Ralph? No one's listening to this, yeah? We're all good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah. guess no one. Yeah, no, no one. Pretty good. Oh, there's a couple of people in the audience. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but most of them are not CCP uh, agents. Well. <laughs> Maybe some. Yeah. I don't know about that puzzles. He's a bit dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at him. He, his profile, he looks like an Asian, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought he's, he's from Saudi Arabia. Saudi. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, well, I don't have anything else to say. We should um, probably wrap up. You good new one, Ralph? I'm fine, thank you. Yep, good. Okay, well, thanks everybody in the crowd down there for coming and supporting us. We appreciate it. Um, we realise time is precious, so to, to give us some of your time, that is greatly appreciated, and all I can hope is that you'll come back next week. And for all those people listening to us on the various platforms, um, Hope you enjoyed the episode and do us the, the courtesy of coming back again next week and, and granting us your time. So uh, that's it. Um, I guess that's thanks and goodbye for now. <laughs>